Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Magical Boys. I'm your host, Ruben Medina, joined by my ever so amazing and beautiful co-host, wow. DJ Kirkland. That's me. Hey, everybody. It's DJ. That's me. You know, and if chilling. you haven't listened before, uh, it's this is a queer, uh, a gaming and nerd podcast from a queer perspective, yeah, or a queer podcast from a gaming and general nerddom perspective, yeah. Either one works, frankly. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's what we do here on the show. Um, so we're gonna start the show as we always do, DJ. What you playing? Oh, what you playing? Um, oh, so what you playing? <laughs> what What are you playing? What are you selling? Um, what are you buying? Uh, pouring out to Resident Evil Four. What a game! Mm-hmm. Poured out, poured out for the the merchant. Mm-hmm. He's the best OG. Truly, if he wasn't there, if he wasn't hanging out in the middle, he does business for you and only you. You know that he's not getting other business in those places. Yeah, he's definitely not. So like. He's losing money. He's not making money. You know that he's doing that to help you out because he's solid. Mm-hmm. That's that's a real OG right there. That's a good friend. That's a real, real good it's like friend. The economy Resident Evil Four. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what am I playing these days? Uh, I feel like I'm only really playing two games, and it's because I think I am only playing two games right now. <laughs> I am playing Spellbreak. That dropped like two weeks ago. And it is a uh, battle royale game, but it's all magic based. There are no guns or building required to play it. And what? No guns? No guns. It's just magic. Oh, no. It's just magic. It's and really cute. Yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, the art style is kind of very much like a um, Dragon Prince meets mm-hmm. like. Fortnite kind of an art style so it's really fun to look at it's really nice um what i like about spellbreak so much is that not only is it not gun based and it's focused all on magic but the combination of different magical abilities that you can do and they have various effects on your opponents and on the map and all that stuff so it's a really really cool mechanic that i really really enjoy um, especially coming from like a JRPG background and playing a lot of action games, like where we have spells and you can like combine spells together and they do cool stuff. It's a lot of that. And I really like it. So let me take a look really quickly and spell break. Uh, yeah. So we're going to look at this. I just want to make sure that I don't miss any of the, the different gauntlets that you can use. So there are, I believe six different, um, elemental types that you can that you can pick from, and let me see key features. Yeah, show me the features. Uh, it's like poison, rock, yeah. wind, uh, ice, lightning. Yes. And did you um, did you say fire? Fire, fire would be the sixth one. I'm thinking yes, of, yeah. yeah. So those are the six elements of the game, and you basically uh, before you start every round, you pick one gauntlet first so that'll be like your main weapon so when you drop into the map you're not completely and totally defenseless so you jump in with one elemental gauntlet and then when you drop in you can then open any one of the many treasure chests that are there and pick up a different one and also like different boosts and uh potions and shields and there's one like special ability so kind of like an ultimate, like an Overwatch, right? Uh, you have like an ultimate ability, 
And there are different ones, which is really, really cool. So there's one that gives you the power of flight for like a limited amount of time. There's one that makes you invisible for a certain amount of time. There's one that lets you see other people on the map for a certain amount of time, kind of like Widowmaker's uh, eyesight thing that she does in Overwatch. Mm-hmm. And there, there's like a quick dash and a bunch of other different effects that you can get, which is really, really cool. So you can really kind of figure out and kind of fine tune what loadout works best for you and your play style. So there's a lot of customization to be had there, which is really neat. So I typically run the Ice Gauntlet and the Lightning Gauntlet. And what's cool about the Ice Gauntlet is that the one one ability that you have is like an ice bow and arrow. So if you kind of want to like camp out and snipe, you can do that with your ice arrows. And of course, if you get a headshot, it takes more damage. But what's cool is that once you have a certain level version of that gauntlet, you get an ability, if it's if it's your secondary gauntlet, that is, you get a secondary ability that when you shoot the ice arrow, it basically makes a pathway of ice for your character to skate on so that mm-hmm. you can, like, maneuver through the maps uh, a lot faster. So if you're trying to escape, you can, like, make your escape route by skating on ice and skating away. And what's cool is that the ice then melts. So if you have um, the, the thunder or lightning gauntlet, what you can do is you can zap the water and it electrocutes it. So if people step on it, they'll take electrocution damage, which is really cool. And one of the abilities that they show you, the combo abilities that they show you in the beginning, is a ability with the um, the poison the poison gauntlet and the wind gauntlet. So you can basically make a poison wind tornado. Which Mm -hmm. is really cool. So there's a lot of different abilities that you can stack together that have different effects. So again, whatever your playstyle is, it's really, you can fine tune it for that. And also when you're playing with a squad of up to three, you can like, oh, well, I know that Ruben is playing with the poison gauntlet. So if I wanted to, I can use the freezing gauntlet to shoot the poison gas bomb that he made and Mm -hmm. freeze it in place. So if people are stuck in it, they're not only going to get um, freezing damage, but also poison damage at the same time, which is, it's really cool. So you can definitely team up to make some really cool abilities and all kinds of uh, different little tactics as you're playing. Yeah, it's really, um, I I hope the numbers for are doing well as far as like, uh, concurrent players, because it is like, it's probably the most different a battle royale has mm-hmm. felt to me. Um, having played, like usually when one comes out, I play a little bit of it. Um, and it is nice that it is. It's not. It's not a shooty one, right? There are yeah. weapons that are going to feel more uh, first-person shootery, yep. or gauntlets rather. But for the most part, like you're frequently doing like small AOE area of attack, something that's yep. bigger. Um, so it's a little more forgiving that way. Um, it's also really pretty. The graphical style is kind of Breath of the Wild looking. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's just. I think it's really, really fun. I was playing it on PC for a second. I need to download it on my Switch uh, yeah. and play it there as well. We need to play together. We I do. I haven't played with you yet. We do need to play. Um, it's fun. And uh, it is free to play too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So it's like just a really nice thing to hop into and just play a couple rounds of. Um, but yeah, it's it's really cool. I hope it does well um, and continues to like be a thing people play. Because uh, I, just, I just think that it's 
that space is the battle royale space is so oversaturated with yes roughly the same not like there's differences to them for sure like mm-hmm. uh, you know PUBG is very different from Fortnite yeah is very different from Apex and yeah. from Call of Duty but they're all like pretty similar in a big way mm-hmm. um so it's nice to see something that feels very very different and and much more approachable for people who don't like playing shooty games. Yeah, so it kind of makes me feel kind of like the same way that I felt when I played Overwatch for the first time to where it's like, oh, I'm not really a fan of these games, but it's presented in a way that's a lot more accessible and, again, is doing something a little bit different with the genre. So I really, really like Spellbreak a lot. And it's available on not everything, but it's on a lot of the major stuff. It's on the Epic Game Store, Nintendo Switch, uh, PS4, and Xbox. So if you've got any of those things, you can definitely play some Spellbreak. And I imagine at some point, at some point they'll uh, bring it over to to mobile. Um, I mm-hmm. think that I think that it can work on mobile, but uh, I don't see it, why not. It feels simple. I mean, the fact that like there's PUBG on mobile and some right. Call of Duty stuff on mobile, um, it feels like it's simple enough control wise to play on mobile uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's really good. I want. I hope more people play it. I do too. It's really really fun. I should definitely stream more of it for sure. Um, but what about you? Um, I think you're playing a little popular game that's out right now about yeah I've been, about hell. I've been, been playing a lot about hell. Um, <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Hades, which is like the horniest game to come out in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love like. I do think it's funny. Like there's always uh, gamers get really uh, tilted about discussions of like, you know, sex and games and like people being like, Oh, we hate this is like demeaning to them and how they portray them. This and that. And I'm like, yeah. Cause that's like, there's a very narrow purview in most games of like how you make something or someone sexy or right. Horny. Right. And I feel like super giant games with Hades, just like with the, I need to see who did the character design because like mm-hmm. the art in that is just like, Hey, do you want to be horny about gods? Like every god, um, uh, man and women in that game, uh, or or, or uh, femme or masculine appearing in that game is hot. Um, mm-hmm. Every time, like I meet a new god and I see their like sprite art for the or their like art for the first time, I'm just like, oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh, so I did a quick search and I found their Twitter account, so I'm gonna follow them right now. Um, the mm-hmm. art, the art director for uh, Super Giant Games, who did the art for Hades, is Gen Z. And Gen Z. Okay. Yeah. It. Oh my God! Like the art is, it's just so good. It's like horny in all the right ways. And like I. I uh, Zagoras is the main character who you play as, who's the uh, son of Hades. It's the, the son of Hades and uh, Nyx, yeah. um, which is like if you're familiar with Greek mythology stuff, you're going to have a lot of Greek gods. There's also, um, I'm probably mispronouncing this, but Chthonic gods, which tend to be ones that are like gods that are the embodiments of, um, like Nyx is the embodiment of darkness mm-hmm. or uh, um, uh, Hypnos is the embodiment of sleep, I believe, mm-hmm. or slumber. But man, like Zagoras has that like Kamina like horny hair. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. He's, I'm just like, all I want to do is be in shape and then dress up like Zagreus and feel amazing. Um, it's, uh, enough about how I need to, I have to send you, uh, this tweet that is a perfect, like basically my reaction when a new God pops up and I'm just like, Oh, how horny. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, a. Uh, past how horny the art is the game's very good the game is so like, good it's so you, good you know the art is good when the first thing i talk about for the first like five ten minutes is me just being like 
look how horny the art is and how attractive it is. Right. Um, and I think that just comes from like an understanding of like, yeah, man, they're Greek gods. Of course they're going to be hot. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like what makes, what makes like, like visually what makes characters attractive or hot without mm-hmm. it just being like, um, uh, like salacious, uh, which is, a, I think what a lot of games get wrong, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so if you uh, haven't really looked at Hades, um, it's been in uh, it's been in um, like Steam Greenlight early access for quite a while now. Yeah. I, I want to say for probably a year, if not a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it just finally came out uh, 1.0 on Switch and PC. It is a rogue light or roguelike, whichever term you want to use. And what that means is that the basic plot of the game is that you, as Zagoras, um, you are trying to escape Hades. So part of that is um, trying to make your way up to the surface, to uh, to Greece, to our world. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going through, uh, you know, um, different parts, uh, different realms of Hades, like Elysium um, or Styx. Uh, yeah, and. Basically, the way the game is set up is that you go through so many chambers for an area, and there's a boss at the end of that area. There's like usually a mini boss along the way, um, and then once you beat that boss, you get to go to a whole new area. Um, every time you leave a chamber, uh, what it does is that above there might be like one door, or there might be like three doors to leave uh, a chamber, which is basically a battle arena. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be an icon above the door and that icon is telling you, Hey, when you, if you clear the next room, here's what you're going to get. Uh, here's what your reward's going to be. Yeah. That might be money. That might be darkness, which is what you use to basically, um, level up. You basically spend it as experience points to, uh, to have things, um, after a run, uh, you go back to like your room and you, uh, power up in the dark mirror. Basically, yeah. uh, you spend darkness so that you have things that stick with you. Um, or it's a uh, money or experience, or it might be boons from the gods that give you different powers. Um, all of those boons have like different levels and also different tiers. They can be rare or epic or legendary. Uh, so the idea is as you're moving through the game, uh, per run, you're getting stronger and stronger. There's also yeah. like, six or seven different weapons that drastically change your play style uh, Mm -hmm. during a run. Um, So what's nice is that you have like all of this variety. Not only is it different weapons, but like the weapons are almost, there's some runs where I pick a weapon and uh, you can do like three things. Basically you have a normal attack, you have a special attack, you have what's called a cast, which when there's nothing attached to it is just like a red diamond you can shoot out and embeds in a person. And mm-hmm. usually get bonus damage while you attack them while it's in them, and you get it back once you defeat them. Um, but quickly, you can usually put a god's boon on your cast to change it to something more useful. Um, there's been runs where, uh, and you have a dash, mm-hmm. and all of those things your attack, your special, your dash, and your cast can all be modified by boons from gods to do different stuff. Nice. Uh, whether that's just like raising your attack damage or your crit, or like literally changes how they work completely. Um, so I, I did a run uh, the other day where I went in with one weapon and I got such a good boon for one of my casts early on. I played most of the time not using my weapon, just doing casting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, really cool because thus far I still have... Uh, I Every run feels really fresh and different because I'm still consistently getting new and different types of boons. Yeah. I'm still meeting new gods. Um, I've done 17 or 18 runs at this point. Mm-hmm. Each run usually is like somewhere between 20 to 40 minutes, depending on how well you do. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, t- today, actually, I like I like beat the main loop of the game. Mm-hmm. But the game makes it very clear story wise. Like there's a good uh, thematic or narrative re- reason why you would keep going to keep doing stuff and still get new dialogue trees with characters. Um, it's just really, really good. Um, I know, DJ, I know that you're not you're not a fan of rogue uh roguelike games yes um i i have a hard time with the gameplay loop of those like i'm i'm not a person that's not that doesn't like games that are hard like i love i love video games that are difficult i i love overcoming that those hurdles like it's why i play fighting games like fighting games are not easy to play so Mm -hmm. it's like that kind of stuff kind of goes hand in hand because Again, you could go into a match in a fighting game and get bodied, and the match is over in less than two minutes, and then you're back at zero again. But the thing that I that I often have the hardest time with when it comes to uh, roguelikes is just the the losing of everything. Yeah, when you when you die. But from my understanding, from what we talked about it on Twitter a little bit, that um in Hades that when you do die, you don't lose the, like the power ups and things that you get along the way. It's just, you kind of start over again, or can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah. So you don't, you don't keep any, basically what you do is, um, you don't keep any money. Money Mm -hmm. is a thing to be spent during a run. And Mm -hmm. when it runs over, you lose all of it. Um, you do keep gems, which gems are a different thing for, um, basically like, remodeling parts of Hades more or less mm-hmm. as some of them are functional. Some of them add things that can, that can happen during runs. Some of them are purely aesthetic just to change the way, like to decorate basically the house of Hades, mm-hmm. um, which is great. I'm also into that. Um, yeah. I'm definitely into that. Designer Hades edition. Yes. Um, <laughs> happy <laughs> hell designer. designer. <laughs> <laughs> happy hell designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, and you don't keep boons. Okay. Right. What you do keep, though, is um, I, I would think of it as like if you're trying to grind out a dungeon in yeah. an RPG. Okay. Because it is like you're doing kind of the same thing over and over again, maybe even in the same area, but mm-hmm. you're doing it to get stronger. You're doing it to, um, or and also uh, like a Chthonic, the Chthonic keys are a really important currency that you get because that's what you use to open up new weapons. Mm-hmm. That's what you use to open up um, new stuff new like uh base stat stuff like basically okay. whatever you can spend darkness on is a stat that you keep between everything um you also uh you basically get nectar uh sometimes as a drop okay. and you can give nectar to all of the npcs you can usually be given um you can keep gifting them nectar and every time you do they have little uh like dossiers more or less you get more information about them, which is cool to like flesh out story stuff. Nice. But the first time you give nectar to somebody, they give you an artifact or like a rune basically mm-hmm. that gives you a specific thing. So, um, Skelly, who is, uh, he hangs out with your weapons and he's there for you to like basically practice on, mm-hmm. uh, the, what you get from Skelly is you get uh, a tooth from him that makes it so that when you die instead of, or when you hit HP zero, instead of dying, uh, you'll get, um, 50, 50 points of health back. Okay. So it's kind of like a little second chance. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of boons like that or a couple of things like that in the game that uh, like death defiance is a big thing where mm-hmm. it basically gives you more than one life. Um, but if you want more than like just one extra life, Skellison gives you another one. Okay. Um, so the entire time you are working towards collecting currency 
or unlocking things that should make your next run a little bit easier. Okay. Um, now that I've beaten like the main loop of the game once, uh, there is a thing called a uh, punishment contract, I think. Mm-hmm. So when I go to do a run now, I can actually add difficulty modifiers yeah. to fulfill bounties. That'll give me more things, like more like big currency things to unlock. Okay. Which is cool. It keeps the loop fresh. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just really well done. The voice acting is fa- God, Zagras's voice is like It's really it's, hot. It's, it's really so, hot. <laughs> it's so hot and it's upsetting in a way because like the like the acting for his character is like really flat and I don't think it's flat in a way that isn't like skilled. It's just flat in a way that's like hot. Like, yeah. It's just, he's, he's like very un, un, um, unmoved by most things. Yeah. Um, the voice acting's great. The, the, the comedy, like the humor in the writing's great. Um, if you know, like if you're a big like buff on Greek mythology, the way that all of the gods react and regard each other. It's like reading a really good fan fiction that mm-hmm. like, you know, makes new things up, but knows the characters so well you go, ah, okay. Of course they would say that. Or of course this would be their interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, like Medusa, Medusa in the game, or everyone calls her Dusa. Dusa is just like the chore girl in Hades. And she's just the head. Uh, Cause Medusa was beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of like, like a shut in and she's really nervous and obviously has a crush on Zagoras and it's really mm-hmm. cute. And all of that is pretty accurate to aspects of Medusa's character in Greek mythology. Just like this is amped up. Like she would be the anime fan. Like yeah. Dusa 100%. If you could ever go to her room, she's got body pillows in there <laughs> and like BL. Like she's yeah. for sure that character. Um, and I love that there's like those interpretations there. So the Wattpad girls are living is what I'm getting from, yeah. uh, from Hades living it's so good um i think it's great i think it's really 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 great oh that's awesome i'm really glad to hear that um so i think i'm going to try it (laughs) i mean based on like what you what you've said and like uh i've talked to my friend daniel about it and then Mm -hmm. also like our mutual friend nate um who is also now playing it as well and again i'll Three of you are people whose taste I trust, so I will. Uh, I'll give DJ, it a shot. I'll stream just for you if I need to. Just if you just need me? me to like, just change my video in this Discord chat to my Switch. I'll just you can just watch me play it for a minute and see if you're into it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very good. It's very fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I definitely want to give it a shot. Um, um, he says says here, DJ. I wasn't expecting you to be playing this, but it mm-hmm. says you're playing the Avengers game. <laughs> Okay, so... Th- how's how's that Destiny-ass game? This is a super huge surprise to me that I'm actually pretty fucking obsessed with the Adventures game right now. It is... Really? Yeah, like, I really like it. I really, really like it. Um, it's definitely, like, the end... I'm in the end game stuff now, so it's a huge, like, loot grind at this point. Um... I'm working on my Black Widow build, so that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> yes, there are character builds for all the various Avengers that are in the game. But I do want to commend the campaign for being really, really fun and engaging. Um, I like that the story centers Kamala Khan as like the main character in the story. Um, basically, the story of this game opens up, it's Avengers Day in San Francisco, and you are a young Kamala Khan who got invited to this event for Avengers Day 
for a fan fiction competition. And she's one of the oh finalists in the fan fiction competitions. And she's that going so there. Dead. She's going there with her dad. And her dad is like super supportive and is like, you're going to win this thing. Like, I believe in you. Like, like you, you definitely have the best story and all that stuff. So she's like super fangirling out about meeting the Avengers. <laughs> And you know, she's got like an Ultron Tony Stark crack fic. Yeah, yeah, so it was like the fanfic that she wrote was like them fighting this like lizard monster. And what's cool yeah. is that the Avengers like actually read her fanfiction. So when she goes and mm-hmm. she meets him, so she encounters Thor first, and she's like, Oh my god, it's the god of thunder. And he's like, Oh, Kamala Khan. It's very much the same energy that Thor gives in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is what he gives mm-hmm. in the game. So it's very, very good. It's very, very good. I feel like all the characterizations of the Avengers were very much rooted in the MCU interpretations of them. So they're they're all very it feels like they're all very fleshed out. Like they they all they feel very believable and very much in line with kind of like how the MCU interpretations of those characters are. So a lot of the, those same similarities are there. Um, it definitely took a minute for me to kind of like adjust to these photo realistic looking Avengers characters that aren't their respective actors in the MCU. So mm-hmm. every time I kept looking at black widow, I'm like, that's not Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> like it's like, it's not her. It's like someone in black widow cosplay, but it's, but like I eventually got kind of got over that and they all look really good. Um, like captain America's face is a little, weird it's it's a very like i'm a generic blonde-haired blue-eyed white man with a beard and it's it's <laughs> fine it's like nothing will ever be chris evans but well, i mean because somehow chris evans like and i don't know if just because chris evans is like seems like a nice dude yeah but something about chris evans like it not a races but like so much of like hello it's me captain white guy goes away with chris evans yeah. i don't know why yeah he is just like this white dude from boston mm-hmm mm-hmm Versus, like, when I saw the model for Captain America in the game, I was just like, ah, there's Captain White Guy. Yeah, yeah, there is Captain White Man. Um, but <laughs> it's, yeah, so, like, it opens up with the, this uh, Avengers Day thing, and then it's also uh, light spoilers, so I'll notate this. This is around the 26-minute mark. Um, light spoilers is that this is actually an Inhumans story. So what's oh. really cool is that it, it, it's bringing in the Inhumans into all of this, and thus the origin story of how Kamala gets her powers because Kamala is an inhuman and that's where her abilities come from. And basically what happens is that the crux of Avengers Day causes what they call A-Day to happen, which basically causes people to have these deficiencies that then become, they become the inhumans. I know I'm kind of skipping over some other story beats that kind of flesh out that stuff, but um, basically what happens is after this this chaotic event that happens at Avengers Day, which is where you are then introduced to each of the five playable Avengers before you get Kamala, um, it shows, it basically is a, it's a, the whole first act is a huge tutorial for how to, how each character plays. Um, and I think it's done really well. I think the way that they kind of introduce you to each Avenger, it gives you a, long enough moment to kind of understand what's available in their kit. Kind of like in a Metroid game to where you like have all of your abilities at first and then you lose them. So it kind of feels like that. Like they're all, they're, they're huge and bombastic and they have all these powers and everything in the beginning. And then when it cuts to 
the current timeline where it's five years after A Day, um, you then have to kind of like reassemble the Avengers through Kamala. So you meet mm. each Avenger one by one through her eyes as as someone that's like trying to understand where her place is and all of this. She doesn't identify herself as as a hero and all of this and everything, and she has to deal with the fact that you know like people she still looks up to the Avengers, but like the society as we know it, they're like the Avengers cause all this chaos. They've they've been absent from our society for the past five years. They haven't done anything for us since the since the events of A Day and all that stuff. So it's it's really good. The campaign is really really good. A really fantastic story that like I think kind of came at the right time since we don't really have any much MCU stuff to kind of like indulge in and agents of shield just ended as well so like a lot of the uh, marvel stuff that's on television or like we're in movies where there's nothing new really happening right now so to have this avengers game to kind of fill that gap was really really cool so like i really really enjoyed the campaign a lot and as you play through you unlock the other avengers and then you can kind of pick which one you want to play as and unless it's a specific story mission to where like you you will then have to play as a particular character because there are those story driven moments in the campaign to where like you have to play as Iron Man or you have to play as Black Widow or Thor or whoever. But um, for the most part, once you unlock those characters, you can pick us pick whoever you want to. Um, and I will say um, this is very uncommon for games that are typically aimed at the straights. Um, all of the men in the game, except for Iron Man, because he's in a fucking iron suit, um, have nice butts. Mm-hmm. So, um, Hulk has Does the Iron fattest Man's ass. Does have a nice butt? Um, it's like, it's there, but like, I feel okay. like it's his, his suit that makes his butt a little, little pancakey. But, <laughs> he um, doesn't have the solid snake ass cheeks. No, he does not have solid snake ass cheeks, unfortunately. It's not, not alerting the guards. Okay. No, it's not. It's not dummy <laughs> thick. And the sound of his ass cheeks are not sounding all the alarms, unfortunately. Well, um, it, would, it would sound like handbells playing together, I'm sure. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like two, it's like, it's like, um, banging two pots and pans against one another is what yeah, it would sound like. It sounds, it sounds like a Waffle House. <laughs> oh my God, I miss like, Waffle Iron, House. Iron Man's ass cheeks clinging together sound like a Waffle House. That's why, that's why he can't be dummy thick. He would yeah. never be able to get anything done. Now, um, I do, the Incredible Hulk, my God, like Hulk oh, got yeah. a wagon, a wagon. Do, does does Banner too, or is it just Hulk? Bruce Banner got like ass? Bruce Banner has like a decent like white boy butt, but yeah. when he's the Hulk, oh, that thing, that thing is thick, hella you big. Not get proportionally proportionally bigger. It sounds like the ass got a little bit more. Yeah, the ass got a lot more a love. Extra love. As the Incredible Hulk. That, <laughs> yeah, that is one of many so parts as, of his body that are incredible. As someone who, like, is a huge Destiny player, and, like, I've seen the menus from this game. Mm-hmm. This game looks like it It wants to be Destiny in a yeah. bunch of different ways. Oh, yeah. Um, so I've, I've heard that I've heard the same thing you're saying here, which is that the single player is great. Yeah. Like, really, really good story, mm-hmm. and, like, the combat's pretty fun. Especially, mm-hmm. like, I've heard the combat is very, very different, depending on who you're playing as. Yes. Black Widow being one of the more, uh, more like, fun and interesting characters combat mm-hmm. ones. Mm-hmm. Um, does it look like there's any sort of... Which, you're not there yet, I guess, but I don't know if you can tell at this point. Does it look like there's any good post-campaign grind that looks like it's going to be there or like 
Um, Because it's funny, this sounds like the opposite of Destiny, where like Destiny, I would say, frequently... Some of the campaign stuff is a little bit weak, mm-hmm. but the end game stuff for Destiny is stellar. It is just amazing. Yeah, um, and that's like where the game—that's where the game really is. Mm-hmm. Um, what I would say for the Avengers game is that the like the grind to get your characters to level fifty um, can be a little exhausting. But what the game doesn't tell you, doesn't really do a good job of telling you that when you beat the campaign, quote unquote, beat it, there's all this extra content at the end of the game that you can play, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't really do a good job of telling you that. So, um, basically what happens is once you do the campaign, there's called, there's this mode called like the Avengers initiative to where it's all of these, um, missions that you can do. So there's different missions that are character specific, um, that kind of go through a character story progression um, outside of the campaign um, that helps you unlock like their their like their iconic outfits or whatever. Um, and then there are like daily missions that you can do. There are community missions that you can do, weeklies. There's all that kind of stuff. And there's character progression specific rewards that you get as you continue to play through the game with. Um, with the particular Avenger. And basically what happens is you get all of this loot that doesn't change the visual aesthetic of your characters. Like there are cosmetic costumes that you can unlock in the game, but none of these like um, add on like pieces of armor and things that you get are visible on your character, which is kind of a bummer Mm. because that'd be cool to kind of see all of the different designs, like, you know, be on the actual heroes, but basically it just gives you like stat increases and um, different like um, like abilities or passive skills or like active skills on enemies. Like there are like AOE attacks for specific for particular heroes. There are um, there's like shock damage. There's uh, ice damage and resistance and all that stuff depending on the different sets of armor that you equip. But it kind of feels. At least, in, or at least earlier on, it doesn't feel like it's really meaningful. But once you get your characters to level 50 and you start getting like really, really high level gear is when you kind of start to really see more of the benefits of them when you start running different missions and all of that stuff. Um, so there's tons of loot mm. to get. There's tons of things to unlock. Um, but uh, it's, I don't think a lot of it's very meaningful until you've, until you've got your character to 50. And, and I multiplayer, right? Like, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's. Oh, you so can do a like lot of missions MS- in multiplayer. Okay. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was. I was just curious because I haven't. That's the one thing I haven't heard anyone talk about. I haven't heard anyone talk about like, hey, me and my friends all got together and you know they were the Hulk and I was, uh, I was Iron Man and blah blah blah. Yeah, and, like played the like played game played parts of the game together. Yeah, so there absolutely is that in the game. There's 100 okay. percent that in the game. So, um, I actually did do exactly just that. So me, um. Me, my friend JC, and my husband Brandon, the three of us all played together. I was Black Widow. Um, he was Iron Man. And um, Brandon was uh, Captain America. So we just ran a bunch of different missions together as these different heroes. So it was just really, really fun to do because there are some missions that are like protect this, uh, protect, kind of like protect the payload kind of, kind of situations mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Uh, go to these access points and hold these points while waves and waves of enemies come in and you, they, you can't let them take over these spots, all that stuff. There are more narrative-driven ones, but uh, they're all really fun. Like, I've had a really good time, especially when you get a character that you like. Uh, 
Um, it's always really, really fun. So, yeah, I'm almost at 50 with Black Widow. So after that, I'm probably going to start um, a build for Thor after that. So I'm excited I'm, to, uh, to play him. Yeah, I'm. maybe that'll be like something I'd look for around Black Friday to play. Mm-hmm. because Or like see if there's any deals for it. Because I yeah. just like... I get to be Spider-Man. <laughs> like, yeah. So Spider-Man's like, coming. I want to, yeah. I want to be Spider-Man and play a Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds, it sounds fun. And I do like, I love, I love destiny warts mm-hmm. and all. And I, it sounds like, it, it sounds like also this game is just worth playing for the single player. Not single player, oh, for the, the campaign the is, campaign. the campaign is absolutely yeah. worth it. It's like playing another Marvel movie and it's, well, it's really, really, really good. I really love the campaign a lot. Yeah, maybe I'll if, pick it up and uh, if you do come, come then. Yeah, if you do, Brandon and I can definitely run uh, missions with you and get your character to fifty. Carry me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. Yes. I like it a lot. But yeah, those are the two games that I'm playing right now. Hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about this for only one second because I only played it for an hour. Uh, I tried playing Crusader, uh, Crusader Kings three because mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, "It's super fun and it's great and it was free on Games Pass." Um, man. T- t- Show me a game that I I probably just don't have the sort of fortitude for anymore. Yeah. Um. If you haven't seen Crusaders, uh, Crusader Kings, I'm trying to think of like how to explain it. Like, think sort of civilization, but it's like less about, yeah, I guess less about like build, building your kingdom mm-hmm. and more about like building your lineage. So it's a lot a lot of like, you can build up military might. Um. You can build up diplomacy. You can build up like religion and culture. Like all these things. Um, but it's about like making sure that a you have like a son or a daughter to pass the kingdom on because when you die as a character over time you have to have someone to like take up the mantle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, having like you have like God, there's so many. That's what it, there's like there's so many systems to this game. It's even hard for me to like explain. I think yeah. you can watch someone play it. Mm-hmm. What is really cool about it is that like every time you play it, like how you play Civilization, it's great at generating stories, right? Yeah. You're like, oh yeah, like I was just like really benevolent king, and that and I had these alliances, and I got backstabbed. Um, and my son was too he was young, so no one trusted him to take the crown. So then like my stepbrother came in and blah like and like you have all these like really interesting. Uh, stories that generate from it, from it, and that yeah. sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. But like, I played for an hour, and like that hour was me doing a bad job of paying attention to the tutorial, like because the <laughs> tutorial was so dense and oh god, so yeah. many systems. So it's, it's something I might want to come back to to try again on a day where like I have some patience, yeah, maybe for yeah. It. <laughs> but but holy shit, like I, I was like, this is I don't know if this is a game I can play anymore, like. Civ is probably like the high end of of that sort of like style game, um, which is a shame because like I do want to play a game where it's like I get to like think about my entire kingdom's growth and like mm-hmm. all these cool weird things happen mm-hmm. uh, based on my rule. But man, it, it seems like too much. Um, I'm playing Super Mario 3D All Stars, mm-hmm. uh, which which I've shared my controversial opinions on Twitter, which is always the best idea. Oh yeah, um, it's always a great place to put your hot takes. Y'all, I'm gonna say I know DJ disagrees. Um, I didn't have an N64 when I was a kid. I rented one from Blockbuster. Mm-hmm. I borrowed one from friends. So like a lot of N64 games, I didn't really play mm-hmm. till like maybe sometimes in college via emulation. So I've like played bits and pieces of Mario 64, but I've never like sat down and like played Mario 64 mm-hmm. front to back, beat it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I was like, let me sit down and do this. And that is a game that I think is uh, was amazing for its time, was one of the first games to like get platforming in a 3D environment. All of that said, uh, the camera is just the, the worst. Mm-hmm. And um, I think Mario controls terribly, in it, which a lot of people will say, a lot of other people will agree that the camera is bad, mm-hmm. but they say that Mario controls well. Um, I just think that, that it's neither in that game. Mm-hmm. I think that it is like a very cute and charming game that um, I hate the way it feels to play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, um, I, I completely disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> and I think that's like the first time that we've like completely disagreed on something before on the show in like the three, four years that we've done this on and off together. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, like there are, there are absolutely aspects of that game that didn't age well, one being that trash ass camera um i i think for me like i like i i I absolutely understand the criticism i really do um but i think in newer mario games that mario sometimes feels a little bit slippery to handle to where he kind of just like just like you, you press one button and he's like off doing five flips and it's I don't know. I feel like sometimes whenever when I was playing, like I think the Odyssey controls really well. Like I hate the motion controls in the game because I just hate motion controls in general. But um, sure. but I I felt like at points he was doing too much. But like not necessarily in a bad. I don't like I don't necessarily think that it's bad. I think it's just like a personal preference thing. But um, yeah, like <laughs> You're doing I mean, too much, Mario. <laughs> it's just too much. He's he's too agile. Um, but uh. I, you know, I do need to revisit 64, but I'm more interested in playing Sunshine over anything else because I have a way, I have a way clearer idea and memory of, of, of a, of a Mario uh, Galaxy, the first one. Um, I have a, I have a way clearer memory of that game. And while I really like that game a lot, it's not my favorite 3D Mario game. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, I was one of the few people that grew up loving Sunshine. Like, I thought it was very different and hard. But uh, I actually really like Mario Sunshine a lot. So I'm excited to play that again. Have you started playing that one or are you just playing 64 first? So what I did the other day was I basically, like, spent an hour or so with each one of them. Mm -hmm. Just, like, kind of get me, like, used to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think that it... I think it also doesn't help that N64, Mario 64... Like the second world you have is ice, and that, oh, yeah, that is a, mountain is just the it, worst it, fucking. It like, doesn't help your case at all. <laughs> so and, I can I can and understand that. The other the other option is like like out of the early levels, it's like hey, here's like a normal one, and then here's an ice one and a water one, <laughs> and uh, and then another like normal one. Um, yes, because like the the Bowser level. Uh, the Bowser levels in that game, I actually quite like. I think mm-hmm. the Bowser levels in Mario 64 feel good. They feel well designed. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm moving through them in, in like in a way that is like what I like about Mario, which mm-hmm. is like precision platforming. Um, and uh, and and maybe that's it. Maybe like what I need to do is sit down with some of those Bowser levels where there's like less going on. And it's more about precision platforming, mm-hmm. and then like sit down directly with like Odyssey or something to compare. Yeah. Um, that said. Uh, went to go play sunshine and I need to give it some more time. Mm-hmm. But the thing I immediately, the thing I immediately thought about sunshine is I'm going to need to sit down and watch like 
some YouTube or like speedrunner stuff mm-hmm. about movement tech in yeah. that game. Yeah. Because when you really know Sunshine's movement tech, that game looks fun as hell. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like you can just blast around levels and you can move really quickly. Yes. When you don't know the movement tech in that game very well, everything about it slows down what I want for Mario, which yeah. is again, like precision platforming and hopping around and doing Mario shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, you run for a little bit and then stop and pop and shoot water. And like, you know, it's like a lot of things that get in the way of what I like about Mario. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not enjoy the hour or so with sunshine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to find if there's a way for me to do that. If I like really get a hold on the movement. Yeah. Um, and then for galaxy galaxy is probably my second favorite 3d Mario after odyssey. Cause I mm-hmm. think galaxy is the first time I think Mario feels really, really good in a 3d game. Yeah. Um, and most of galaxy I think is like a lot of that precision platforming just in a different way, just yeah. like in a, less about falling in pits and dying because you're always on like spheres. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but galaxy just galaxy just feels really good. The only thing that got me was, um, and maybe it's because I'm getting old. That game is so much more disorienting than I remember. Like the first couple levels, I was just like, Oh shit, this is like a lot to look at. And I'm having a really hard time. Like remembering like if a planet is like a little bit bigger than normal, like, running from point A to point B is really difficult for my brain for some mm-hmm. reason on that game now. Um, I think I'm just getting old. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to play through all of them. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I just, Mario 64, I don't know, like two, to me, like two years later, which obviously two years later was a lot of time for, for people to like figure out 3D games. Mm-hmm. Like Spyro is a 3D world game that I think controls really well. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and play it to like confirm that, but I remember Spyro controlling really nicely. Um, I wouldn't count Crash Bandicoot because Crash Bandicoot, you're always moving on a sort of like 2D plane mm-hmm. in a way. Um, yeah, those camera so, angles are always and, fixed in those games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Spyro actually is like open in the way that Mario 64 is. Yes. Um, and for me, like what I remember of Spyro, like that's a good controlling 3D world game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say that my favorite 3D platforming Mario game is Super Mario 3D World. That's my favorite game. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm looking forward to that coming out on the Switch next year. So I'm very excited about that. Um, that's one that I just, I loved everything about that game. Everything about that game just felt really good to me. Presentation was fantastic. I liked the movement in that game a lot. It was it was just like enough like precision Mario, but also like it had a lot of like fixed camera angles, but you could still move around three-dimensionally mm-hmm. within those fixed angles. So I really liked that game a lot. I'm excited to revisit it again next year when that um remaster comes out. But uh yeah, that's my favorite. So I would say for me, it's Super Mario 3D World and Odyssey are like tied for, are like neck and neck for like my favorite. Um, And then after that, I think would be 64 and then Sunshine. But I don't know. I I mean, I do need to revisit them myself. So like I might feel differently once I play these games again. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, the All-Stars game is just sitting there waiting for me to to crack it open. But I've been too busy running around as Black Widow. (laughs) Uh, it's funny for me, like I wasn't sold on Odyssey immediately mm-hmm. until late game Odyssey. Oh like, yeah. All of the, um, and there's like, there's great stuff leading up to late game Odyssey, mm-hmm. but all of the dark side of the moon levels that are like really intense. I'm yeah. Just, like, this is what I want for Mario. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's not what everyone wants from it because those levels are really hard. Yeah. But like, that's the shit that I love in Mario where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, 
I'm going to sit here and like kind of slowly work my way figuring this level out. Yeah. And like how to execute. And then when you when you have it, like um, I think it's that last one where it's like it's just there's a bunch of checkpoints along the way. Yes. And it basically takes a unique mechanic from like every world. Yes. As part of it. Yes. That I remember that. Amazing. It's oh, my God. It was so, so hard. But it's so good. Um, mm-hmm. That's the sort of stuff I like a lot. Um, and so speaking, actually, because we're talking about like retro stuff right now. So I have, um, as I often do with things, been obsessed uh, for the past month with like uh, like portable retro consoles, which mm-hmm. I think are becoming more and more popular. People are seeing China is really starting to pump out a lot more of them now. Um, and it got popular because, uh, uh, well, I was I was talking to DJ. Uh, a new one came out, the Retroid Pocket version 2. Um, yeah, which is a little Android based one that I have like sitting on my desk right here. I'll, so DJ, can oh, see the it. yellow one is so um, cute. The yellow one's really, really cute. Here's, I, I don't like this thing though. I don't like it. Mm. Um, and I want to get into it really quick because if you're yeah. out there and you've been looking at these things at all and you're thinking about buying one, I want to talk about it for a second. So, um, the two main differences between a lot of these things right now, a lot of them are almost all built the exact same. Um, a lot of them are using the same CPUs that have the same capabilities. Um, most of the stuff you'll find out there right now that's like worth getting can emulate up to PlayStation. Wow. And like there might be a game or two that it kind of has a hard time with on PlayStation. Like yeah. uh, Bloody Roar 2 had no idea. A particularly hard game to run. Um, <laughs> that's that was so random. That everyone shows... It's so random because, like, I never really looked at that game and said, like, Bloody Roar 2 is graphically the most impressive game. <laughs> um, yeah. But that is, a, that is like, not that it's bad looking. Like, I, I love Bloody Roar. Yeah. Um, but that is a game that's difficult to run. So you always see people test it for emulation. Um, so the Retroid Pocket 2, good deal. It's, like, under 100 bucks. It has a newer chip in it. It can actually uh, emulate N64 and some Dreamcast games. Like, you can play Power Stone on it, which is yeah. wild. Um, that's, that's wild. Like, the most difficult stuff to emulate right now that's, like, not going, like, to, like, PS2 era, like, anything before that, mm-hmm. is, like, PSP is difficult to emulate. Nintendo DS games are a little bit difficult to emulate. Yeah. Um, and uh, N64 is really hard to emulate. PlayStation, surprisingly, pretty easy to, to emulate, uh, for the most part, yeah. uh, power-wise. So... I bought this Retroid Pocket being like, it's great. It has like, two, well, it has one analog stick and the other stick is like a digital slider that works mm-hmm. fine when you need that. Um, like the place, the placement of the shoulder buttons is really nice. Um, and it feels really good. It actually feels like a Nintendo product for the most part. Yeah. Like it feels really nice. In it looks end. like, it looks like one almost. Yeah. It's cute. It looks it looks like one. Uh, it's funny. Most of these companies are now, are now doing old school Nintendo colors. Oh, I want that. I want like, that pink one. The purple is like all of GameCube these companies purple. make a purple. Mm-hmm. That GameCube purple, 100%. Mm. So. Too good. The Retroid Pocket runs on Android, which is becoming more popular because Android is a platform that more people develop for. Mm-hmm. And so emulators tend to run more efficiently, which means you can do, you can run more new stuff with uh, cheaper processors. Yeah. A thing that no reviewer mentioned when I was obsessing about this stuff that I saw Android has lag but uh, lag issues with button inputs. Mm. Now a lot of people don't notice this for some reason. Um, I would say that you I don't even notice it that much when it comes to PlayStation games or especially 3D games. Yeah. Nintendo or Super Nintendo games or Genesis games? Yeah. Are for me and again a lot of people don't record, like don't notice it for me unplayable. Like there is at least a 2 frame lag like lag on my inputs. Yeah. And for me, that ruins jumping in Mario. That ruins jumping in Mega Man. Um, 
like DJ's a fighting game person. Like yeah. two frames. It, is it a would lot be of it would be impossible to play a fighting game on that and rhythm games too, um, because that's like the mm-hmm. big thing um, for me is like if I can successfully emulate Buster Groove and not and not and the game not <laughs> fall out of rhythm, like that's it. Oh God, it's such a hard game to play on anything. Like if I can't body Kitty N, I don't want to. I don't. I like. I don't want it. Like I. I low key still want to buy a CRT, like just so that I can yeah, have one just, to play old games on it because it's just the amount of lag that happens with these games is just like it's unbearable. It, it sucks. It's sad. Even the Parappa it. remaster um, on PS4, I it doesn't feel right to me. It's yeah, like the lag is off by too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- that's wild. Is like now it's like it depends on like does your TV have really low lag input or not? That's right. a big thing. Right. Um. So everything about that retro pocket price, build quality, uh, the amount of stuff I can emulate is really great. The two things I the three things. Um, the D pad feels like overly stiff mm-hmm. and it's kind of like noisy in a weird way like yeah. it, it feels loose in the housing but stiff to push mm-hmm. um android has input lag that that's that, that's not really a a fix for um as far yeah. as it's just kind of how android does controller input stuff and again unfortunate. might not notice it on 64 and ps1 stuff um and because it runs Android, I think it's a little bit obtuse to use when you're first setting things up. Like, I spent probably two days getting things set up just right. Yeah. For testing purposes, I picked up one of these, which is a Ambernick um, RG350P. Ooh, that one's um, cute. I like that. You can get it on Amazon, which is nice, because you can return it if you want to. I'm going to have to sell the Retroid because I had to order it directly from China. Um, yeah. But the Ambernick RG350P, um, this is weaker, using a weaker processor. Yeah. It's going to emulate most ps1 stuff but some stuff is not gonna work well um it's gonna have a hard time with 64 uh Mm, and like don't even try dreamcast for the most part but it feels really good it runs on a uh a a branch uh, a thing called dingu which is like a branch of linux there's no input lag at all um and it just feels like everything about it just feels better so I know this has been like a weird like deep dive on gadget stuff, but <laughs> I just was like, I was so surprised that I didn't hear everyone's praising this retro pocket, and it is really nice and it's really good. And if that input lag is something that you don't notice, yeah, it's fantastic for you. But do not buy it from somewhere that you can't easily return it. Like wait for the version two uh, to come out on um, like to be already on Amazon, yeah, to pick up there. Um, because I wish I could just return it instead of having to like sell it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the uh, Ambernick is the company that makes the RG350. Um, the 350P is uh, the, like, the newest plastic one. Um, and they're about to come out with one that's a little bit more powerful that hopefully can do Dreamcast and stuff yeah. emulation. Um, it just feels really, really good. DJ, I'll load Bust a Groove on that later. Yeah. And let you know if it plays Bust a Groove well. Yeah. Just, it probably just, doesn't. Because you know. like, even, even when I played, what did I play it on? Um, even when I played Buster Groove on on a TV through, uh, I played it recently on something, and I was like, "This is unplayable. Like, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't play this." Um, I think, I, I think, I whatever it was that I played it on, I played it on a on like an LCD panel, and it just was not good. Just so um, yeah. So I'm, 
I am saddened by that, but like also because like you said, Dreamcast, and I'm like my heart aches like for the serotonin that I get from the Dreamcast era. Anything, um, I, I just sound. I just want Sega <laughs> to stop fucking with me and my emotions and just make a Dreamcast mini already. Like just to do it. Would it. Be, even even if not that, like I feel like uh, Power Stone would be such a no brainer for the Switch. Like um, Capcom is just sitting on money mm-hmm. that people like me are ready to spend because the Power Stone portable port to PSP was trash. It was so bad. Um, it, the incredible amount of load times that it had to like chug through for that game to even be remotely playable on the PSP was so frustrating and saddening to see. Like. <laughs> The the Switch, this was like in 2017 or 2018, like, mm-hmm. the Switch can run the Naomi board perfectly. Any games that were made on Naomi board, which is what the which is the architecture that the Dreamcast was on, they, it can run those games with no problem. So, like, just put the Dreamcast games on there. Like, I'm, I'm so ready to give Sega my money, but they just don't want me to spend money for them. I would gladly yep. buy so many Dreamcast games over again to have them on the switch or just anywhere on a contemporary console. Give me that Sonic fighting game on switch. It's not good, but I'll get it. It's bad. But have you seen that fan made Sonic fighting game? No, I'm going to send it to you. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. It's like Marvel vs. Capcom. It's insane. This is actually, this is actually a good talking about uh, Sonic. This is actually a good thing. Uh, segue to get into some of our news items here. Let's do and, it. Uh, there's one that's not in the document, but I do want to bring it up just because it's interesting. Um, DJ. So, so Xbox, Microsoft just bought um, Bethesda. Which yes. Is like, they spent like 7.5 billion, which I think is more than like Disney spent to buy Lucasfilm. Yikes. I want to say, Yikes. which is like wild. Uh, yeah, Disney bought Lucasfilm for four billion. Mm-hmm. So Microsoft almost bought Bethesda for almost, or bought Bethesda for almost twice that. That's crazy. Um, which is a big deal because everyone's like, "Holy shit, that's that's Elder Scroll, that's Doom, mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, so many like uh, that's Fallout, that's all these really big titles. Are they yeah. going to become Xbox exclusive? Who's who knows? Um, what we do know is that like they'll they'll be on Games Pass, and that's going to be a big mover. For Xbox yes, consoles. For they sure. will absolutely be on Games Pass for day sure. Day one free Fallout or Elder Scrolls Six or Starlink, the new like what a sci-fi Elder Scrolls basically, mm-hmm. whatever that ends up being. Um, so here's I'm just going to send you send you something just that's interesting to me. Uh, can I copy this or not? I'll have to like do a screenshot. I think no, I got it. Great. Um, there are some rumors, and it seems like it might be being teased. What if Microsoft is going to buy Sega? <laughs> now let's think. Let's think about it for a second. Now, besides this, like thing I sent you, that is very like tinfoil hatty in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yakuza Six, big Sega title. One of the biggest Sega things right now is the Yakuza franchise. Yes. Where do you keep seeing it? Like when it's shown. It keeps being shown for Xbox, like it keeps. It's going to be on PS Four uh, as well, but it's always like tied into mm-hmm. Xbox's stuff. When they're showing you games, they're showing Yakuza. Like consistently, that's been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's what I'm showing DJ right now is there is a tweet Xbox tweeted out. Uh, 
it's a picture of a it's a picture of a new Xbox uh, controller color that is blue on the front and white on the back. Um, it's the exact same blue as like the Sonic the Hedgehog blue yep. and the Sega blue. The interesting uh, interesting thing about this tweet is that it says clean and simple. Period. Still iconic. Period. The iconic thing's interesting because it's like, are they talking about the Xbox controller being iconic? Because mm-hmm. that's the new model of it, but it's very, very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, are they talking about the colors being iconic? Because that wouldn't be anything Xbox-oriented, mm-hmm. but that would be Sega-oriented. Mm-hmm. And you can take out some of those letters and easily see Sonic in them, mm-hmm. which is wild, <laughs> uh, which is what this person did. I'm not saying it's the case. I'm just yeah. saying... I don't think that's crazy. I don't think that's at all insane for, I, for Microsoft to buy Sega. I don't think that's a crazy thought at this point, considering I will, uh, this is the, this is the reason why I think I think that's not out of the question because I think about Fantasy Star Online Two New Genesis, right? Yes, like yes. I feel Where do they show it. I they showed it on the Xbox, like and and on PC. So I feel like which I'm so fucking excited for that. Um, I. I feel like that Microsoft has a very great relationship with Sega or is building a great relationship with Sega at this point because if it wasn't for Microsoft with coming in with Microsoft Azure with Fantasy Star Online 2, we still wouldn't have that game in the US. I remember being at PAX Prime when it was still called PAX Prime. PAX Prime in 2012. No, 2011. And seeing a giant Sega booth for Fantasy Star Online 2. I saw it in my Instagram feed from almost eight years ago at this point. When that game was was supposed to be coming out back then. And it never did. So I'm... I would love... Actually, I would, I would love for Sega to make a new console. They never will. They, they, they're just not the company that they once were, what they used to be at this point. So that's not going to happen. But I could see a world in which, you know, Microsoft has just given Sega all of the resources to do the things that they've wanted to do for a while, but maybe not have been able to do so. I don't know. Like, I would be open to that. It would be a shame to kind of see Sega titles no longer be on other systems, provided there's not a a huge like monetary stake from other from like either Nintendo or Sony to be like we want this game on our system. So I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I I definitely still want to see like Mario and Sonic games because those are those are just fun things for me even though I don't mm-hmm. really play those games, but I don't know. Like I don't I, think Mario and Sonic games would stop just because Yeah. I don't think that those like, would stop either necessarily. Microsoft and Nintendo have been playing pretty nice with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think like, I don't think we'd stop. So a big thing they talked about with the Bethesda buyout is uh, Microsoft certainly, and of course they wouldn't, but has basically said um, it'll be a game by game basis about where they look at exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, because certainly it's a console mover to say, Hey, Ooh, we've got Fallout and no one else does, and you have to buy this to play Fallout or the new right. Elder Scrolls. That right. will absolutely sell Xboxes. Oh, completely. Um, that said, just being the publisher for those games, 
not having it on another console, you're also leaving a shit ton of money on the table. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there has to be like, Hey, if we don't release this, what's the PS five install base. So if we don't release it there, what are we losing out there potentially? Yeah. Um, and so like when I think about Yakuza, um, that's a game that like is gaining popularity in the U S and doing well here, but is like really big in Japan. A lot of Sega yeah. stuff is really big in Japan and like, not here or is only getting popularity here. Yeah. Xbox has terrible, terrible install bases in Japan. No mm-hmm. one buys them over there. Yeah. So I would see it being a thing where a lot of the Sega games, they would probably just publish them and allow them to be multi-platform still mm-hmm. would be my guess, or yeah. at least in Japan as a region. Um, otherwise they would just not be making money on them sales wise. So uh, total speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, Sega Sammy is a, a public company. Uh, Sega Sammy Holdings, they're public, so any sort of purchase would have to have been um, publicly talked about. Yeah. Which means it hasn't happened. But it does make me wonder if that will be something that we will hear about, like TGS, uh, or some sort of news down the road. Uh, But anything that would happen, like any purchase that goes through, you would probably hear about on the business side before anything, because uh, they're public. They have to, because they have investors, uh, they have public investors. Just an interesting thought though really funny oh speaking of tokyo game show it starts tomorrow is it tomorrow yeah i was like i was like i know that's coming up so yeah it's tokyo game show starts tomorrow so i am absolutely curious as to see what they're going to show for tokyo game show online i i want to know i want to know about the things okay um so i just want to go look really quick so Tokyo Game Show 2020 online begins on the 23rd and ends on the 27th. Within that time, there are many scheduled live streams taking place. Um, So in North America, on Thursday the 24th, um, at least for me, it starts super early at 4 a.m. is when some of the streams start. So 7 a.m. for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then the final ones are going to be on Sunday the 27th at 8 a.m. my time and 11 a.m. your time. But uh, yeah, so I'm... I'm curious, because it looks like we're going to see stuff from Bandai Namco, Capcom, Koei Tecmo, uh, Konami, Sega, Atlas, Square Enix, and a bunch of others. So I I have no expectations of what to expect from Tokyo Game Show. Um, I'm excited to see some PS5 and new generation anime bullshit. That's what I expect to see. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe something from Fantasy Star Online New Genesis, because I... I will be playing that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, Sega, yeah, Microsoft buying Sega. Hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, yeah, I just, I wouldn't rule that out. I wouldn't rule it out either. And I, th- I think that is Microsoft's big plays yeah. is we need to have a stable of studios to they compete do. with Sony, they do. Um, which I think for me, like Bethesda, they, they've bought a lot of studios so far. Right. I think Bethesda is the first big, like, Oh shit. Okay. Cause I don't think you can compete with Sony first party studios. No, like every game they release is a huge banger and is really, really good. Um, and I feel like uh, Microsoft hadn't really picked up a huge, like huge, huge AAA studio. Mm-hmm. And now to be like, Hey, uh, elder scrolls, doom, um, anything from arcane studios, um, uh, <laughs> or like dishonored basically. Right. Uh, all of these Elder Scrolls, gigantic, gigantic games, just being like, oh, that's only on this, only on Xbox is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, but let's see, what else What else we got going on? Uh, well, of course, this week, Xbox Series X and PS5 pre-orders. Um, if you're trying to get one, <laughs> um, 
a total mess. Yeah. Uh, I at, do think it was at, funny that at least on the PlayStation side, it was an absolute fucking mess. It was, it was a mess today with Xbox series S, uh, X and S as well. Mm-hmm. Um, with PS five, it was a mess, I think because, uh, Sony was like, Hey, here's the thing. Pre-orders go up tomorrow. And then like Walmart, just like real Leroy Jenkins on it. Walmart, Walmart literally had a tweet tweet that was like, PS5 pre-orders tomorrow? That's not how we play. They're live right now. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm imagining Sony didn't have I don't I don't I don't know what the communication issue was there that allowed a bunch of retailers to go so rogue. Like if Sony told them, hey, just you can go live once we announce the price mm-hmm. at this thing, and didn't tell them, hey, please wait till the next day. Like I don't know what happened there, but it was just it was wild to see a bunch of uh, different places just suddenly be like, Walmart opened the floodgates and everyone else was like, ah, I guess we should sell it too. Yeah. Oh, God. What a, um, what a so nightmare. It, it, it was a mess that way because of the uncertainty. Uh, today, it was like 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Xbox Series S and X goes live. Um, Walmart was like right on the money. Microsoft Store was right on the money. Uh, Amazon didn't go live for like... 40, 45 minutes, I want to say. There was definitely a lot of retailers that took a minute. Mm-hmm. Maybe because there were more people all at once because it was a known time. Yeah. Um, it was a mess today, too. It was just like, there were different messes. One mess was just like, wait, why is this happening now? If I went offline and went to bed, I would just be out of luck. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like playing whack-a-mole with retailers versus today it was just like, no one's website works. It's taking me forever. Like every time I think I have something in my cart or I go to pay for it, it's suddenly not in my cart. Yep. Um, honestly, it was probably uh, Sony had the probably best idea that everyone should have, should have done. Um, it's just that they didn't get it out to a lot of people, which Sony had the thing that was like, hey, if you want to pre-order, sign up, sign up to pre-order. And we can't pick everyone. But if we pick you, you'll get an email that'll put you in a queue and then you're in queue and just have that up. And when it goes through, you can buy your PlayStation and you're you're good. Um, and that's what everyone should have done. GameStop had a queue that was like not really a queue. It was like a queue. It was basically they said it was a queue. It wasn't a queue. It was a uh, traffic limiter to make sure that their site didn't go down, basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, a, a funny side effect was uh, the Xbox One X. Like sales of that on Amazon went up like seven hundred and forty-seven percent. Oh my god! Which means one of two things: either a lot of people accidentally ordered a Xbox One X instead of a Series X. Um, whether that's just people making a mistake or parents being like, "This is the thing," right? Um, or bots uh, that were yeah. not fully understanding. Uh, but it does does point to again the issue of like Xbox. Y'all just. You, you gotta stop doubling down on those bad names. Yeah, those names and, are and so bad. The names are so bad, and they don't mean anything. If there's anything that Sony got right, it's just PlayStation. It's the fifth one. PlayStation just, Five. Just start. Like I know that they can't just start doing numbers like PlayStation now because they'll like it'll it'll feel weird. Just name them different things. Yeah. Xbox. Next. Xbox. Uh, big. X. Yeah. Uh, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah, Xbox um, big. <laughs> or or just do the Apple model where it's like Xbox 2020. Yeah. Um an Xbox Pro whatever it is. Yeah. Making people say 1X and Series X and Series S and 1S is untenable. It's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. 
it's about as bad as new Nintendo 3DS and new Nintendo 3DS XL. Woo, don't. And, then, and then go into GameStop and being like, can I get a used new Nintendo 3DS XL? And you're just like, uh-huh. And yep. then being like, why can't I play these Super Nintendo Virtual Console games on this? Oh, because you don't have the new yeah, 3DS you, XL. Because you, you got a used Nintendo 3DS XL. You didn't get a used new Nintendo new. 3DS XL. Exactly. I hate it here. <laughs> it's... I hate it here. Terrible. It's stupid. Terrible for everybody. It's dumb for everybody. It's dumb. <laughs> um, let's see. We also had this week, uh, or early this week? No, last week. I don't remember what time it is. Uh, there was a Nintendo Direct that was yeah. largely Monster Hunter. Yes. yes. They announced for Switch, which it seems like it's a Switch game. It's only. a Switch it game. Seem yeah. Like, uh, Monster Hunter Rise, which I'm really psyched about. Uh, mm-hmm. Mainly because two two things. Um I, it, it'll be easier. I think the Switch is the easier console to play multiplayer with people on, mm-hmm. especially like local nearby. Yes. Um, like Aaron likes Monster Hunter a lot, but like couldn't get into sitting down with World. I, mean, yeah. I know that she'll be into playing this. Yes. Um, on her Switch. Uh, it doesn't appear like it's about colonizing anymore, which makes me feel much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it seems like it's about like protecting your village and like normal hunting versus like it's the new world and we're going to fuck up these animals. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the little weeaboo and me, it seems like it's like very uh, Japan, like Eastern stylized. Mm-hmm. Everything is. Oh, and there's also, there's Palamutes now. Yep. Yes. Palicos and Palamutes, the dogs that you ride on. And mm-hmm. I'm, happier about I'm excited about having a, having a puppy in, in monster hunter. I love that. I um, love that a lot. That. They announced Monster Hunter Stories 2, Wing of Ruin, which is a... Uh, I didn't realize that that is a turn-based RPG. Yes, it is. Um, the, they released it Monster like Hunter... Pokemon. Yeah, it looks like a Pokemon game, which is really cute. Um, Brandon is actually playing through the first Monster Hunter Stories on his 3DS, because uh, it was like 20 bucks on the eShop on the 3DS, so he's mm-hmm. playing through that right now. Um, I will probably play through that after he is done with it. But uh, yeah, um, it looks really cute. I'm excited about that. Both of those games are slated to come out around Q2, end of Q1 next year. So I'm very much looking forward to both of those experiences because I I managed to really find my weapon in Monster Hunter World and really, really enjoyed that game a lot. I still really want to play Iceborne. That's one of the few games that me and my husband play together. So mm-hmm. we will at some point be playing that once we are once we've had our fill of Avengers. And we'll probably move on to that so we can play it together. But yeah, um, both of the games look great. I'm really excited for more Monster Hunter things. I'm excited that we get like a new Monster Hunter game that is built for the Switch and not just a port of a 3DS game that is upscaled onto the Switch, which is Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate, whatever the fuck it was that came out on the Switch a while ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for that, for sure. I, I kind of wish, I know this is just because... Uh, they would never do this, but I do kind of wish that mainline monster uh, monster hunter looked like monster hunter stories. I love the I do too. design. I do too. I, I wish that they leaned more. I mean, that's just what my taste is in general. I love it when they lean more into cartoonier things, but like monster hunter world looks really, really good. Like I like the way that game looks a lot. Um, I think it's that, that resident evil engine that they use for that, for that game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks really good, but either way, whatever engine it is, it looks great. But, um, I personally prefer games that are like hyper stylized that really take advantage of the hardware that push those really unique art directions in fun ways to where they can do fun, different kinds of effects and take advantage of the hardware and not just being focused on recreating what already exists. So you talking about that Genshin impact look, 
Oh, I am so excited for that anime bullshit that comes out next week. I'm I, I very know excited. That they were just ripping off Breath of the Wild for so much of it, but it looks it looks really good. So, so yes, the they were absolutely inspired by Breath of the Wild in terms of the world itself, but yes. like it is so not Breath of the Wild in terms of like anything else in the game. The stamina well, it's, mecha- it's so intensely anime. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, oh god, like I've been watching nothing but let's plays of the closed beta for that game and mm. I'm I'm gonna be very much be streaming that. I will be streaming Genshin Impact, and it's free it's to play. Just, it's free it's to play. It's a game, I think too. That's it has it, it does have a gotcha mechanic in it for getting characters, but like you don't have to do that mechanic. But like the gotcha the gotcha mechanics for characters and weapons. So mm. I'm I'm really interested to see how that goes. I cannot wait to play it. It's it looks really fun. Money. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm Ori excited. Will of- the Wisps got uh, announced, which is the second Ori game, which those are like, if you like Metroidvanias or just really very good platformers, very good. Both of those are two of the best. Like I think They're Ori so and the World of the Wisps, uh, Wisps uh, builds on uh, what the first Ori game did really well. And um, I, I, I played, I played that earlier this year on Xbox and I, I think I beat it in like two days. Like yeah. I just, I just sat down and played through it because I couldn't put it down. It's so much mm-hmm. fun. It was really, really good. Um, we got a new Disgaea coming out, Disgaea Six, Defiance of Destinies coming on Switch exclusively. Which, if you like, if you like the numbers going up, that's your game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have like what Sonic Team or not Sonic Team, but Yuji Naka uh, with Balan Wonderland, which is uh, just looks super bizarre. But it, it looks, looks a fun. It looks platform. crazy. It looks like Knights into Dreams, but like you're not flying around. And yeah. I'm definitely down for whatever Balan Wonderland is going to be. And the only other thing I care about is Rune Factory Five, because uh, the Rune Factory games are like They're good. Really, I need I need to sit down and play them because they are. It's like if you want anime Animal Crossing, that's what you're getting. Like a little bit of like Animal Crossing, a little bit of Harvest Moon, and all anime bullshit. Like that's what Rune Factory is here for. You love to see um, it, and like action RPG elements too, which mm-hmm. is dope. Um, so I'm like. Maybe I'll become a Rune Factory kid. Yeah, it's like you get to uh, farm for shit and then also have anime battles and find a wife. And dating. Yeah. Like, give me that dating. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully hopefully they'll have, uh, we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll let you uh, marry whomever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be great. Let's uh, hope. Let's hope. Not always the best track record on stuff like that, but we'll see. Yeah. One can only hope. But, um, yeah, so it looks like we've gone through a lot of our news. Um, I do want to touch on just a couple of things that I've been watching really quickly. Um, oh, just because dude, yeah, it, watching. Just, I forgot about that. Just because it's like it's on the top of my mind. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because I, I put a lot of things on this list. But um, I do want to say that I just recently rewatched Ordon High School Host Club. And I it's just like the fourth or fifth time that I've watched that series. And it is mostly very good. <laughs> The one thing that has not aged gracefully at all about Oran High School Host Club is that they use the T-slur so much to talk about how do he's dad. I hate it. (laughs) Um, Like, otherwise, like, if (sighs) a mostly really solid dub with a really solid dub voice cast, but it is marred by how much that they throw around the T-slur. So I'm very sad by that. Um, but, uh, been watching that again and was very dismayed by that, 
Um, I wish it'll never happen because there are some voice actors that are on that show that are problematic and are not really getting jobs anymore. And we're talking about Thick Lasagna? <laughs> yeah, we're talking about Thick Lasagna, who is a voice of, uh, of the main, of one of the main characters, but, uh, opposite of Haruhi. Um, but God, the rest of that voice cast for the dub is so good. Um, but yeah, I wish I would do a redub and not say the T-slur. Um, but, uh, other than that, just wanted to say that still watching God of High School, um, nothing really happened. Like, I don't want to say nothing happens. That's, that's a gross oversimplification. <laughs> I mean, DJ, but, though, I mean, that's, but that's, like, that's all I've heard about that show. Like, it's like, nothing really happens. It's like, cool, there, there, there are cool fights. There's like a lot of cool ideas there, but like, I don't know what I'm watching story-wise. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel for these characters. Like I've spent 10, 11 episodes with these characters and I still have no idea what they're about or who they are. Um, and, uh, great fights, beautiful gowns, (laughs) excellent fights. Um, and then, uh, started watching the boys on, on Amazon prime. Mm -hmm. Very fucking good. Didn't think it was going to be as gory as it is, but it is very good. It's surprising, like, for a show that is, like... Uh, so I, I read some of that comic way back in college, which the comic is... We maybe talked about this when the first season came out. Um, that comic is, like, so edgelordy and mm-hmm. so, like, kind of purposely, like, trying to be offensive um, and edgy. Um, the show is still really intense. Yeah, it's really intense. a lot of really problematic content it deals with. Yeah. But, like, for me, at least, uh, or, like, to me, at least... Deals with a lot of it really well. It deals and like it does. It deals with a lot of the problematic shit that it's about very, very well. Um, and like whenever that content's in there, it's like it's pretty clear about what it's saying about those actions. Yes. Um yes, and, yes. and makes sure to like the butt of the joke is like the people enacting those things. Mm-hmm. Or like it's it's very it seems very clear about what its morals are. Yes. No matter how gross or weird things in the show are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, which has made it for me. Like I, I've really enjoyed it. I've just started watching season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, it's really good. Let me know when you're caught up on season two, because I have a feelings, but, uh, okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. I've been enjoying it a lot. Um, and I'm still getting through brand new animal. It's very cute. Um, so good. It's you so know, cute. anime Zootopia. I'm down. It's got um, confused, muddy things to say about race. It, it does. That, that it are does. hard to decipher, but mm-hmm. it's trying to say them. Um, it just doesn't quite know how to say them. Yeah, yeah. It, it's trying It's trying to be do, do and say the right things, but, well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how well it's doing that. Um, yeah. And, again, a show that is blowing me away, uh, Lovecraft Country, is blowing me away. It's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, not too thrilled about what they did with the one indigenous two spirit character in the show. Oh yeah. That just, mm-hmm. not written, not thrilled about that at all, but, um, it has a couple of shortcomings and I'm worried about how it's going to handle some of the queerness that is in the show. Mm-hmm. And we haven't quite dealt with that yet. So I'm, I'm kind of like on my, on my, on my toes about, the, about that a bit, but God, the, the stuff that it gets right is, which is the majority of it that it gets right. It's so fucking good. It's um, really good. It's yeah. really fun. There, I, I don't remember the last time there's been such an attractive cast. Like <laughs> it is. Lord have mercy, that cast. Just, just so many different types of melanin. It's so nice. <laughs> it's so nice. All kinds of complexions. Um, um, but yeah, so good. So very, very good. 
Very good. Uh, it's funny. A, a thing that we've been watching a lot for some reason has been, um, for some reason, New Girl, the Zoe Deschanel sitcom, which is Nick, really funny. Nick Miller is a white man that I would risk it all for. I would be the, a white man's whore for Nick Miller. Nick Miller does things so often <laughs> and that Aaron just looks at me and I'm just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, am I Nick? Am I Nick Miller? And there are some things. Because um, I want to be Winston, um, but I'm not Winston. <laughs> Winston's like the least messy character on that show somehow. Right. Everyone else is such a mess, and Winston's the least messy. Right. Um, New Girl is is like, the way I feel about watching it again is like, better than I expected, and incredibly white. Like, it's a very white Oh god, white it's so white. It's, it's so white. But you know what? It's I'm, the same I'm, way, he- I'm here for a little bit of white excellence every now and then. It's the same <laughs> way I feel about Zoe Deschanel. Better yeah. than I expected, incredibly white. Like it's, <laughs> the, like it's it's a fun show to watch. Yeah. Um, I've been watching X-Files because I've been feeling spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, and X-Files still slaps. That show's still so good. Jillian mm-hmm. um, uh, Anderson is Scully. Still, like, one of my favorite characters in anything ever. Yeah. She just, that's, like, Scully's character is just, like, perfect. Um, and then uh, Pen15, which is oh my god, season two. Like I haven't started season is, two yet, but God, that show. It is, maybe I'm not remembering season one. Season one was certainly emotional. Yeah. I feel like season one was like, this is a comedy show for sure, though. Mm-hmm. Season two has been like, it's still a comedy show, but man, it's been emotionally intense. Mm-hmm. Like really and like in a way that's beautiful and yeah. and i love and is really good but there's been episodes where it's like i've only laughed a little bit and the rest of the episode i was either like my anxiety was peaked the entire time mm-hmm. when i was crying um <laughs> it's just we so rarely i think like uh in western media especially like uh patriarchal <laughs> media mm-hmm. we always see these coming of age stories for men and for or for boys yeah um and we never see that for women right um and it's so like it's so nice to see a story that like i don't i don't understand or get like mm-hmm. it's not for me you know what i mean yeah like it's a story that's out there that i can like super enjoy and love and understand it from like that aspect but it's like these aren't things that I dealt with or remember right? because this wasn't my experience. Um, right. And I think that goes to the testament that us as people of color, especially also as queer people of color have spent our entire lives consuming media that does not reflect our experience at all. So mm-hmm. we are a little bit more, I think in tune with being able to consume and understand stories that aren't about us and, and like, and see its value and also in some way see ourselves in some of our experiences reflected in particular aspects of particular characters so that yeah. we're able to do that. So when we always have these conversations, when like white people are in other people's mentions, like, well, why does it matter? It's like, well, because you're, you're literally in everything. You literally get to be in everything. You get to do everything. We don't get to see ourselves do half the stuff that y'all are doing. So like, yeah, so I think it's great that we that I think it's great that we can consume stories and still enjoy them and get something out of them even though they are not about our experiences at all. Like Yeah, like it's amazing. Money doesn't feel like it matters when you have a lot of it. Right. Like you don't think about it. Yeah. When you don't have a lot of money, $5 matters a shit ton. Yeah, like, exactly. Going like it the the difference between like when I was younger and like 
going to McDonald's to get a burger was like a treat mm-hmm. and spending money unnecessarily. Yeah. And thankfully now I'm in a position where it's like, if I just want to pull up a Taco Bell and order like half the menu, which happens on occasion, I can, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, it's not a thing I have to like, Oh boy, man, I just, I just fucked myself out of rent. You know what I mean? It's like, right, it's not right. Like the, so the free like the same thing where it's like, it doesn't matter to you cause you have an abundance of it. Yeah. But the rest of us don't, so it matters. And yeah. please under be a decent person and understand that. Yeah, have <laughs> a shred like shows of empathy made for me. Right, like you don't have to like it, but like understand that you get to, yeah, <laughs> but understand just shut the fuck up and understand that you get to see yourself in everything. But yeah, that I mean, we've talked that, we've had that conversation a million times on the show. We um, Angie, that's like yeah, that's we, the <laughs> tiny kitten with the like Angie. That's yeah. us right now. Um, <laughs> take a quick break and then get to some of our questions. And we're back, and we are going to take some questions from our ever-so-chaotic Discord server. (laughs) As always, our community comes through with the nonsense and also good and thought-provoking questions and sometimes thoughty questions as well. And uh, let's see what we've got today. Do you want to count us off, Ruben, with our first question? Yeah. uh, I never know how to pronounce this one. I should just ask. Uh, Jamois the Scrungo <laughs> um, asks, was peak Broadway the Spider-Man musical or what? Um, it, to me, it's how do you define peak Broadway? Like, what is the most Broadway of Broadway shows? Um, Spider-Man the musical, though, is like, God, there's got to there's got to be like a good video version of like recorded version of that. Right. Somewhere. Um, I, So that I don't know about because I feel like um, like Brandon and I have this conversation a lot because he is like he like love 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 loves like musical theater and broadway and all that stuff and i'm like turn off the dark and i'm like how do you even have access to any of this stuff because it's not like it's like on dvd or or vhs or anything to just like watch like i've only ever seen the stuff that was made into movies that was based Mm -hmm. off of a broadway show never like a broadway performance um one of the few things i've only ever seen is like hamilton because they put it on disney plus but uh but yeah like i this is so not my realm i have no idea (laughs) I mean, talking peak Broadway, I think it's like, okay, if we're classifying Broadway as like a expensive, complete mess that doesn't work, then yes. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> Turn Off the Dark, everything that I saw was just like, I mean, I, I need to see it. Um, but the, I didn't hear any music that was particularly good from it. It seemed like it was all spectacle and also poorly put together, which is why people got injured constantly. Oh, yikes. Um, it just, it yeah, it seemed like it was a complete mess. Um, that people paid a lot of money to go see. Um, but I also, I have, as a theater person and like a person who likes the musical theater, I also have like some feelings about Broadway as a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, just because for the most part, like Broadway itself makes a lot of theater inaccessible. Yeah. Not until you have off-Broadway production. Mm-hmm. And still so much about even off-Broadway production is exorbitantly expensive. I'm not saying that like, I'm not saying that like it should be cheaper only for the sake of people that do those roles should get paid and people that work should get paid. Right. But I do think that, um, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, live theater in America and especially I think live musical theater in America is, uh, intensely at the realm of white privileged people. Mm -hmm. And that sucks. And that's Mm -hmm. why, um, that's why, hey, here's another controversial opinion. I think Hamilton is fine, but mm-hmm. I think Hamilton's important because mm-hmm. of 
what it did for like people feeling like it was it will the show itself was not accessible still it was very expensive mm-hmm. but they did do things like lotteries every day to give tickets away for cheap or free from yeah. correctly yeah um having a cast that was all like people of color was a really big deal oh yeah um i don't think hamilton like i think that there is a weird kind of centrist um like taking of like oh all these like founding father characters and how interesting and how neat and uh, they're played by people of color. I'm like, that's cool. A lot of those people were still super terrible. Yeah. Um, and parts of Hamilton, I think, don't make that clear enough. Yeah. Um, I also have some feelings about Lin-Manuel um, in politics that are complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that said, though, I think a thing that it did do was um, it gave a lot of actors of color a job, which is great. And I think it did get more people... Uh, paying attention to live theater and musical theater than normal, which is a net positive. I hope that we see more people and more voices of color um, uh, and, and other uh, underserved groups um, be able to get the same sort of, uh, not the same sort, cause it was such a huge deal, but at least mm-hmm. get more recognition um, on Broadway and in those spaces and uh, do more and have uh, more radicalized messages in their works than, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, mean, I did, I did enjoy um, adult hip hop schoolhouse rock. Like, mm-hmm. like I enjoyed it. That's that's exactly that's exactly what Hamilton is. It's mm-hmm. catchy. I don't think Lynn should have casted himself because he's not a good singer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I'm not gonna um, take away my shut. <laughs> like, I mean, I think his little voice is so funny to me. <laughs> I, I think if the intention was like for. Uh, uh, Hamilton to come across as a big weenie, which I think part of it was like Lin Manuel's portrayal of him works for yeah. that role. Um, but you know, he's surrounded by people that just and I don't I don't think he would probably he probably wouldn't argue this himself, but just like surrounded by people that just have these killer voices and just sound amazing. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, he started opposite David Diggs. I mean, there's just David Diggs just being like I don't ever beautiful. want to be opposite David Diggs. I don't like <laughs> like. Don't do that to me. Yeah. Don't don't like don't put us on the same floor of a building so that people have to like see like this specimen of what a human can be and then right. regard me next to it. It's just not. <laughs> it's just not going to be good for me. Yeah. Um. I, I'm sure you're lovely, David, but I can never be near you. It would shatter my entire reality and ego. Um, <laughs> so, um. Uh, Cosmo Moore asks, are y'all excited for the way of the house husband live action show? Personally, I can't wait. LOL. Um, I have no opinions on way of the house husband because I have not read it. DJ, what the fuck? I <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, what yeah, I know. I know. What the fuck? <laughs> I have not read it, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about way of the house husband. It is. I'm very excited for it because not only is it a really, really fantastic manga that is equal parts, hilarious and actually really sweet and really cute Mm -hmm. it's also like the type of the source material is like so easily adapted and perfect for live action yeah like it's such a just a a simple home run um to adapt to the live action so it's it's great um let's see from holly uh what's a snack or food a lot of people hate but you love what snack hill would you die on i'm Will always until the day that I leave this plane of existence will defend raisinets oh, till okay. the day that I die. 
Oh, I two, love chocolate covered raisins so much. Two major disagreements in one show. I, don't know <laughs> one. I love chocolate covered raisins. I don't know why. Sixty four. I don't know why they're so yummy to me. <laughs> Ooh, no, they're so bad. Raisinets and Whoppers are just two of the worst. Yeah. Mm. Do you like Whoppers, DJ? Is that no, no, I don't yeah. like Whoppers that much. I, I thought I did when I was a kid. Then I had one recently, and I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> they taste terrible. Absolutely um, okay. not. You'll be upset with me on this one. I haven't had them in a long time, but I remember liking them a lot when I was a kid. Um, I like Kippered snacks. Like, what fish, did you say? Kippered snacks. Kippered like, snacks. Like fish, the fish in cans. Like not tuna, but like when it's like flat fish in cans. Usually, like it's in oil. Um, usually it's the, the herring. The one where you like, yeah, you, you like twist the top of it back. Are those not just anchovies? Um, those well, are anchovies. No, not, so like a lot of times they're like herring fillets. Um, sometimes they are anchovies. Um, here I'm gonna I'm gonna copy images yeah, really quickly. Put it yeah. This is, this is like the exact shit I would I would get all the time. I haven't had them in forever, and they're not really a snack food, but they are called seafood snacks. So. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. I know what you're talking about. I like that motherfucker I, on a salt scene. Not a fan. Mm. Not for me. Just that was because I I'm I'm also like I'm a trash person. I eat any and everything. I also don't tend to like think about what other people like or don't like sometimes. <laughs> so I didn't think I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what I like that other people don't like, except as like kippered snacks are for sure. Probably mm-hmm. one of those things. Um, I'm trying to think like anything. I'm just like, I love to eat that. Everyone around me is always just like, well, I'll think on it as we go through this next. God, I just we'll come back to it. I, I, I Trader Joe's has the best chocolate covered raisins. They're are so you, good. Are you still talking about? <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> So, DJ, the thing is, like, raisins, just a, just a raisin on its own, which is, like, a raisin is just, like, an ashy grape, right? Like, it's just, like... <laughs> just a dried-up, ashy grape. <laughs> just a dried-up, ashy grape that hasn't been using lotion. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, get that baby some lotion. Just get it some lotion. Um, grapes, like, raisins are already a little sus. I can enjoy raisins in some things, like, like an oatmeal raisin cookie. All right, let's Oh, go. yeah. Oh my god, you just reminded me of what, what I have in the cabinet. I have the oatmeal cream pies in in the in the cupboard. In, I'll fuck with those. Ah, oh, the best. The I'll best. Fuck with the oatmeal cream pies, yeah. Okay, so like on they got so, a funny name. They got- yeah. <laughs> so on the opposite of that, like what is like your favorite like snack? My do you favorite? Have, do you have like a favorite one? Um, or like a top like two or three? Uh, sour gummies is my big, my biggest weakness mm, in the world. Mm-hmm, if it's sour mm-hmm. gummy, I'll eat it for sure. Mm-hmm. And I will eat it to the point where like, I can't, I'll blow my taste buds out. Right. And I can't taste anything for like two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're terrible for your teeth. Cause yes. citric acid. Yes. Um, I love, love, love sour gummies. Um, I really like pork rinds cause I grew up, uh, eating like chicharrones. Yeah. Um, and you know, similar thing. Um, so like, I really like pork rinds a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are like probably like the two main ones. I'm I'm trying to think. There's like something that I just like always have around, but mm-hmm. I, I tend to be. I don't buy snacks. I don't a buy a lot of I snacks try, anymore. I try not to. I try to keep them not in the house because yeah. I I don't have any portion control when it comes to snacks. Oh no, me neither. Like, me neither. I have no willpower when it comes to that shit. Whatever package it comes in. I'm just oh, it's like, gone. This is this is the serving. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. This. Is the serving? Um, is the serving like a gallon of flavor bas- blasted goldfish? Okay, like that's that's I mean, that's the, the serving. Thing. No, ex- exactly. Um, 
Okay. Um, so for like for like a chip, my favorite chip are those are those are those uh, spicy and sweet Doritos that come in the purple bag. Mm-hmm. The purple bag Doritos choice. Oh, wait, no, let me no. I take that back. I take that back. Um, the um, the like honey barbecue Fritos twists. Ooh, yeah. Those, yeah, 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 yeah. That's so good. Un- they they don't make them in a big bag because they're they're they they're the power, the power that they possess are too are too strong. They they are the best. They I, I me and my mom would fuck up a bag of Fritos. Like that was like our thing. Um a lot of people like if you know like the variety pack of like all like the Lay's like kid size like Doritos, Lay's whatever. Nobody would take the Fritos. I would always get the Fritos. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially if like the like the 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 nacho cheese and the Cool Ranch Doritos were gone, I would definitely grab the Fritos for sure. Um, and then like oatmeal oatmeal cream pies are like one of my favorite all time like lunch pail desserts that I would have as a kid growing up, and like the big ones, not just the little ones, like the the big big ass ones that you could get were astronomical. Um, the chili cheese Fritos are so good. So, so good. Good. Um, though, man, Fritos are like, both Fritos and Cheetos are like so much more high in calories than normal chips. Yeah, they are. I can't. Oh, the jalapeno Cheetos are like the best Cheetos. Mm -hmm. Like there's Cheetos, there's flaming hot and jalapeno has that spice, but it has that like flavor to, oh, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so good. Um, Let's see. Uh, next, what's the next? Yeah, next question we got here. Favorite song at the moment. Okay, so uh, what I did is I I added a little thing into Spotify just for this. Mm-hmm. That was like, hey, what are your top tracks? And it's like from the last like six months or from the last four weeks. So at the moment, um, TJ. <laughs> yes. My number one track for the from the past four weeks, and I haven't I haven't been listening to a lot of music lately, mm-hmm. but it is. Escape from the City. <laughs> from Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, man. Uh, so good. My, number, my number two spot, Ungodly Hour by Chloe X. Halley. Oh which is God. amazing. That song fucking so, That song is so good. Um, the song that I... That just, like, gives me instant serotonin... Uh-huh. Right now is a tap in by Saweetie. Like mm-hmm. it's a sample of "Blow the Whistle" by Too Short, who is like a Bay Area legend. Um, so I, because I love "Blow the Whistle," I love that song. But then the lyrics of "Tap in" are just like so good. Like. Uh, let, let me just let me just read you. Yeah, you'll, you'll have to like send it to me because I haven't listened to it. Uh, I haven't heard it. Tap in, sweetie. Lyrics. I do want to shout out just because I like <clears throat> it came up on my release radar like two days ago. Uh, an artist I like a lot, Hudson Mohawk, mm-hmm. um, just like very aggressive, weird electronic stuff. Uh, just released a track called "Be Your Fantasy" that is like so sick, mm-hmm. so good. Um, and it also means there's going to be a new Hudson Mohawk album, so I'm very excited. Yeah, uh, just a quick verse, a couple of bars from Tap In by Saweetie. Lil' Waist Fat Ass, Bitch Tap In. Tap, tap, tap in. Diamonds dancing on your neck, nigga, tap in. 
Tap, tap, tap in. Fuck a nigga, get rich, bitch, tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. MLB, Icy Gang, nigga, tap in. Tap, tap, tap in. The second it starts, I'm like, I'm like, fuck a nigga, get rich. Like, like every time it comes on, it's... Is this... Oh god! Is this it's from so like good. the hyphy era? Yeah, like, yeah. It's it's all it's definitely hyphy. Like it's Bay Area hyphy. Mm-hmm, it like it's funny because I loved like even as a kid growing up in South in like North and South Carolina, like I loved like hyphy music. All oh. I've loved it all my life, and like it's, yeah, when it's the hyphy when hyphy so like got like hyphy got like a little moment of mainstream success. Yeah, like because there's always a Bay Area thing, right? But like yeah. it got like. People were like paying attention to it outside of the Bay Area for a minute when mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know, middle school probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like such a cool different song. Oh my God, I love it. I, I've always <laughs> DJ, loved it. DJ, tap in. That that song sounds like me making payments during this pandemic. <laughs> just, <laughs> just Apple just Pay. Tap, just tap oh, in. No, not even taking out uh, the credit card, sir. Just tap in. <laughs> yeah, just, just, yes, yeah, sir. Can you uh, tap in? Um, but uh, other than that, they're. Uh, I've 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 been hot and cold. That's so funny because this artist has a song called "Hot and Cold." Um, I've been very hot and cold about Jeez. Katy Perry for my entire uh-huh. life. Um, yeah. She's had some good albums, and "Teenage Dream" I still think is one of the best pop albums of all time. Um, but she her new album "Smile" has a track called "Cry About It Later," and it's very good. And the music video is like a fully animated vi- music video that looks like fucking anime and it's very queer and it's, it's that it's got that new sound right now. That's kind of like, it's tapping into like eighties, like synth, like all that kind of stuff. Kind of like, it feels very like future nostalgia to me. It feels Ugh. like a song that Dua Lipa passed on for, for future nostalgia. But uh, yeah, that that's what I like. <clears throat> also that is, that is the right, like, order of operation like Dua Lipa being like mm, not good enough for me but Katy Perry can have it Sounds yeah about, about <laughs> it. and it's still good it's yeah. still good it's just it wasn't wasn't enough for Dua Lipa it wasn't, it wasn't for Dua Lipa I could imagine yeah. that she that they that they wrote that song for her and she passed on it that album is so good mm-hmm. um, this is a, another another question from K-Throne uh, similar vein to Holly's snack question who is a snack in either games or anime, which immediately my brain was just like Zagreus, uh, Hades, the entire mm-hmm. one in Hades. Uh, but then the rest of the question is that makes you hungry, even though everyone else hates them and has no taste. And I don't know if I have like a, a a crush on a game or anime character that everyone else hates. Yeah, I don't think that I do either. There's one I want to talk about. I will talk about. There's so many people out there that get really horny about uh, who? What's his name? Hunter Hunter Clown. Um, oh, Hisoka? Mm-mm. Oh, people are horny for Hisoka. And I'm no. like, how do you? No. No, I thank can't. you. No, like, I get, I get, like, looking at the character mm-hmm. and, like, the evilness. I get that. But no, there's thank too you. many things about that character that are too gross. I'm like, yeah. how can you be? I mean, like, I'm not trying to yuck your yum. I am for this instance, but, like, Hisoka's <laughs> the one where I'm just like, yeah. nope. Don't die. Yeah. Doesn't matter how many other things are fine on all cylinders. I can't be horny about this. It don't, it don't feel right. It don't feel right. He's too messed up. He's just too messed up. It don't feel right. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't really have a character that people hate that I'm like, oh my God, I love them. Um, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're both, we both are men of taste in that way. Yeah. We just, we, we're the, we're the trendsetters. It's true. 
It's true. Yeah. We're the, we're the first to be horny about it, and then everyone else goes, oh, yes. Yeah, they're like, oh, yes, they are correct. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. What else? Um, oh, this is from Holly. Uh, when you're at a convention, what's your go-to piece of art you get in the alley? Prints, pins, buttons, something else, all of the above? Um, I, I get a sticker. I, yeah. I am, I'm all about going to get a sticker because you can, it's easy to bring home. It isn't, it's less likely to get damaged from traveling back from a convention, especially if you have to get on an airplane. <laughs> We're um, already traveling with like hundreds of pounds oh of paper God. and books yeah. and stuff. So like the lighter, the better. Yeah. And so I'm all about stickers. Um, and I will buy a piece of apparel if it's like, oh my god, I have to have it. It's the cutest long sleeve sweater yeah. that I've ever seen that's got a great design on it, then I will buy it. But uh, yeah, mostly I am I will come home with like a mountain of stickers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'm always like, I'm on the hunt for shirts and hats. Mm-hmm. Like unique apparel, because for me it's like, if I'm going to wear, if I'm going to wear graphic tee stuff, I want it to be like, something an artist made mm-hmm. and have my money going to support that artist and mm-hmm. it be unique. Um, so that's like top of my list to go look for. Unfortunately, like I'm really, really, really picky. Um, yeah. Not just about the design itself, Me too. but like, what did you print the shirt on? Mm-hmm. Like which, which brand of shirt did you print that on? Because yes. There are some that I don't like the way they fit me or I don't like the way they feel. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you print it? Like, yeah. Is it gonna like? Is it gonna get crackly in the wash after a couple of wash? Like, there's mm-hmm. all of this because this is all stuff that like I've been exposed to living with someone who has done screen printing, um, and like and other artists and knowing people in artist alley. So yep. like, I'm really really picky. So there there's been times where I've been like, man, I like this design a lot, and I will never wear this shirt, so mm-hmm. I'm not gonna buy it. And sometimes yeah. where I've been like, that design is actually worth it, and I'm gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, number two. Uh, well, number one, probably what I actually do end up buying is stickers because yeah. they're easy. Slap them on stuff. Um, and then either like stickers and patches and then like zines mm-hmm. or prints. I love buying someone's sketchbook or someone's good art book. Mm-hmm. I just bought two of Kanuka's uh, art books she just uh, put up on her shop on mm-hmm. Gumroad. Um, but yeah, prints are easy. My problem with prints is like I, I'm really bad about hanging them up. So, like, I have, like, a folder of prints that are just in my closet I need to hang up. Yeah, and for right now, like, the wall space is is limited. So, I've been opting to, one, when I when I go to conventions, make smaller prints. Um, because, one, they're, they, you get way more for way less money when you buy them um, to, to sell at conventions. And the return is usually pretty good on them, too, because more people can buy multiples of them and put them away and not damage them when they're going home. And also just like, I like the smaller prints because you can like actually put more art on your walls or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's stickers because like I have like water bottles, laptops, uh, our refrigerator. Um, we have different things that we put stickers on in the house. So it's always cool to have that stuff. I know that like a lot of people like pins, but I invariably like a, I don't like wearing pins on my clothing most of the time yeah, because it either. just like, it adds too much. I've, I've probably, if I bought clothes, I bought them for the silhouette and they look they give me already. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, even when you, like, pins pop off. Um, they pop off I, all the time even, for me. And even when I buy pin locks, um, pins also snag in ways I don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so sometimes I will buy a pin I like a lot just to have the pin. Mm-hmm. I won't put it on clothes. Um, and, like, charms and stuff are fine, but I'm just, like, 
I'm, I'm just not the type to like have charms on my stuff. I put my like, keys like, in my pocket and then like the charm like snaps off and it like, yep. it, yeah, I, yeah. So I, for me, I'm like keeping stuff minimal is, is always, I think for me, a good, a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Well, this is, this is a, a big question from Max that might take some thinking. Uh, Max says, you could make a new big-budget video game series based on a crossover between two unrelated properties with a focus on story. Something like Kingdom Hearts rather than Marvel vs. Capcom, which would be more gameplay-oriented. Which two universes do you pick and why? What kind of character would be a good main character for that game? Oh my god, that's a big question. That's a big question. That's a really, that's a really big question, and I really want to think on that and have like a thoughtful response to it. Like... I should have read this question earlier today and like actually thought about it to be prepared for the show today. Mm-hmm. But um God. Like Kingdom Hearts, what I think about that is is Square Enix original characters and mm-hmm. like RPG systems and combat mixed with Disney, right? Yeah. Like it's really that's about like kind of using the Disney setting to create that world. Mm-hmm. Um my brain is really just like, do you Metroid with something? Mm-hmm. <laughs> But like the first the first thing that popped in my brain would be like like Metroid and Dead Space. But that's only because I think I would love to see a Metroid game that felt and played like Dead Space in some ways. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if I have a good answer for this one, but we'll, we'll keep thinking on it. Yeah. So like the quick response, I would say, is like Sailor Moon, but then like a Dynasty Warrior style game, because I think we've seen so many of those like anime like anime titles get their Muso style games and they usually translate really well and they're really fun to kind of play through the stories of those of those shows or manga or whatever. Um so I would want that for like a Sailor Moon game. That's not a fighting game. But uh but yeah that's the that's the quick one that I would say. Mm-hmm. Um Professor Litwick, always with the cursed questions. Uh fuck Mary Kill, Naruto, One Piece, and Dragon Ball. <sighs> Ooh, um, mm. damn. Okay, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna kill Dragon Ball. Wow. Like, I love Dragon Ball, but I can do without Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I love it, formative, amazing, but I just, mm-hmm. it's like, it doesn't resonate with me um, the same way. I would say probably fuck Naruto, because Naruto's like mm-hmm. so dope mm-hmm. and so good. And then, like, marry One Piece because it'll outlive me. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a long relationship in for the long haul would be my reasoning. Um, though my my real true heart is, like, uh, probably marry Naruto. I'd have to, like, I just love, I love Naruto the most. One Piece yeah. is really good, but I still love Naruto more. Yeah, um, I would have to completely agree with your selection of the three. So I would definitely um, marry Naruto as well. Mm-hmm. I just was, love Naruto. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I would. I would have to agree completely on that. And I'm seven hundred. I'm. I'm almost seven hundred chapters into One Piece. Wow. I'm so. I'm so close to being so far away from. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it's on chapter nine ninety right now. I'm oh my like, god, god, that's just so much. God damn. Um, I love goats. Follow up is fuck Mary kill Shadrach Meshach and Abednego. We're going old Old Testament story here. Um, I don't know anything about the brothers except for the story of them all. I don't know nothing about this. <laughs> this is this is some um, biblical shit that I don't have a good answer for. 
All right, here's a question from Captain Marvelous. Um, they say, either of you two heard of or seen the anime Smile Down the Runway, a.k.a. Project Runway meets Shonen Anime. Any thoughts or interest in a show like that? Um, I have not, but yes, interest. Now, I'm Yeah, uh, my, uh, my interest is absolutely peaked. Um, yeah, I'm looking at a trailer for it right now. It's got cute art. That girl's oh, very wow, that's cute. From, and that's, that's a... That girl's very is cute. That, just now and that's she's she's very adorable yeah she's very cute and now oh yeah it's uh it's streaming on funimation um i'll definitely have to check this out huh yeah this looks nice yeah, i'm i'm really curious about like i'm also just curious like i mean i know i should know by now anime manga can make a story about quite literally anything right um but i'll be curious to see like what what this takes, like what the vibe is, right? Yeah. If it's more shonen, is it is it more shoujo? Like, which way we going here? Yeah. Um. But yeah, thanks for putting that on my radar because it wasn't at all before. Yeah, and same here. So always appreciate a new a new suggestion for a new show to watch. No, Anytime, it's always this. appreciated. But uh, the studio. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Who's? Yeah. Who did it? Studio Azola. I've never heard of Azola. Never heard of them either. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that out for sure as well. Um. I've, I've got a Funimation login information to use, so I will be watching that. Uh, Yeah, I'll give that a shot for sure. I have not heard of that until just this moment. But it looks like that brings us to the end of our show. And honestly, right at the two-hour mark is perfect. So, as always, thank you all so much for joining us. Um, If you want to join our Discord server, hit us up on Twitter. That's at the Magical Boys. We can put out a new invite link to our Discord server so you can come join our community and be part of the chaos that ensues in every channel on in our community. It is it is a good little group of people that are just so chaotic, but so good. <laughs> yeah, they are. There's. I'm always amazed. I'm like, I can't keep up because there's so much going on, and I love it. And mm-hmm. it's all very good. Just. Yeah. Good content. Yeah, just good content all around. Um, you can find your boy DJ on social media. That's at oh hey DJ on pretty much everything. So Twitter, Instagram, and also TikTok, which is here to stay. Because there were rumors over the weekend that it was going to get shut down again. But uh, and this time it was pretty serious. But it looks like it's not happening. So um, being I'm run s- by Oracle, which yeah, which is usually. not which is not good. <laughs> Now, Oracle usually really shits the bed with anything they do these days. Yeah. But I don't think they're really doing much. Like, I can't imagine there's actually much uh, control happening. No, there's not much control happening, for sure. Um, But yeah, so there's uh, that. So you can catch me not doing TikTok dances on TikTok. Um, And where can they find you, Rue? You can find me at Rubots, R-O-O-B-O-T-S, on Twitter. Um, Also, every so often, you can find me uh, on the dad's garage twitch channel dad's garage.com uh no dad's garage twitch no it's twitch.tv i forget yeah twitch.tv slash dad's garage atl um uh we got content from our improv theater going uh pretty much every night starting at eight o'clock sometimes at seven um, and there's clips on there from shows. I've uh, been having a fun time doing improv D&D on occasion there. So if you're looking for some stuff to watch, uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, head on over there. Yeah, buddy. Well, as always, we thank you all so much for joining us for another episode. And we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.